You're listening to Tower After Hours, a production by Tower Marketing. I'm Lily. And I'm Alex. And we're here to bring you entertaining and insightful commentary on what's trending in the world of marketing. Join us each month as we sit down with guests and chat about marketing trends, insights, and how to grow both professionally and personally. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of Tower After Hours. Today, we're talking design. You've heard of Picasso, you've heard of Michelangelo, but have you heard of David Kimmick or Kelly Pham? (laughs) (laughs) Today, um, we're joined by our two out of three amazing designers here at Tower. Uh, You might have heard Kimmick before on the podcast. He was on a couple episodes before, but... A while back. Yeah, but Kelly, this is her first appearance on the podcast, so... You made it. You made it to the big leagues. We're excited to have you both. Um, do you just want to give, like, a quick introduction to what your everyday tasks are here at Tower? Sure. I can go first. So I'm Kimmick. Everybody calls me Kimmick. Um, <laughs> that's why I introduced my... Because that's my name. Um, no, I'm the art director here at Tower, so I lead the uh, design team. It's basically design team lead, but with a fancier title. Um, but no, I'm in charge of really anything visual that comes out of these doors, be them virtual or physical, um, and really just anything design-related comes to me. So Beautiful. if you've done work with us, I'd probably talk to you. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, so I'm Kelly. I'm one of the graphic designers here. Um, and basically just the same thing as Kimmick, like whatever work goes to him first and then it'll trickle down to either me or um, Brian. Um, and I just do a lot of like the print work uh, for different clients and occasionally the websites. Nice. Woo! Love it. She does all the actual work. I just sit in meetings yeah. <laughs> and take credit. He's what we call the delegator. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. So um, let's kick things off. I didn't have this in the notes document, but I just thought about it. Um, What is, do you have like a design pet peeve? Mm. Like, I I feel like if I were a designer, I'm not. (laughs) I would be so annoyed with the like, Canva or like those like oh those okay. stuff okay. like that that makes people <laughs> think like I can be a designer. <laughs> no, that is actually one of them. Like I, I have strong opinions about Canva, <laughs> but I'm not gonna project them. I just. I oh my <laughs> gosh, this is a terrible time to let you know we're switching to Canva. <laughs> Adobe's too powerful. We're going to go take a step back. I am not a huge fan of faux finishes. So making something look like it's handwritten instead of just handwriting it. Oh. Adding a grunge texture to something that's not grunge at all. Like making it look like it's grainy even though this is clearly on a computer monitor. Like that's Interesting. that's not now I understand there's a place for it, but most of the time I'm like, if you're gonna do it, just do it. Um, Wait, but I like it. Sometimes it works. Yeah, it does sometimes. But like if your whole design aesthetic is like oh. Oh yeah, I make everything look like it was ran through mud. It's like why, why, why'd you do that? Because um, I don't want to go out and run it through mud. It's gonna look way better if you can run it through mud. It's more authentic yeah. that way. <laughs> That's actually one of my pet peeves is the word authentic though. So. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> cut that. Cut that. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, um, speaking of not being designers, um, Alex, did you take the? We we had like a little quiz by. 
some UK publication where they asked yeah. if you could guess or if you had the designer's eye. So basically they placed a dot in the middle of like a shape or like the Christmas version was like reindeer. Oh, I didn't do the Christmas version. I did the Christmas version. <laughs> anyway, basically you have to say if it's in the middle or not. And Alex and I asked Kimmich and Kelly to take this quiz because by nature they should just be good at yeah. it, right? Um, I was not. I got two right. <laughs> Basically, it kicks you out once you get one wrong. Mm-hmm. I got the first one right, and the second one I got wrong. So, not a good um, track record for me. I don't know how. I got is. five. Oh, and God. I was like, okay, maybe I, I got five too. Oh. But in my defense, <laughs> this was after like the other two quizzes, so my eyes were shot. That's fair. Because <laughs> the one quiz I did say the URL says something like your eyes will bleed from. Yeah. Oh, the line thickness one. Yeah, that was a little cruel um i only got i got eight but it's cruel it's like pixel perfect and like every time i got kicked out because of course i kept trying it to get higher than eight um like if you were a pixel off it was like no um it's also a good point to talk about visual center and optical center that could be a whole separate like podcast topic but with the triangles there's a center of a triangle mathematically and then one that also looks correct and they're not the same interesting because triangles are cruel so hmm. yeah okay no that that is a visual thing it does not go off well on a podcast <laughs> so we're starting from the beginning of your lives oh my god oh my god just kidding um <laughs> what so take us back and to when you were in school surround yourself in the classroom <laughs> i know some <laughs> Your classrooms might have looked different, um, but what was the biggest piece of advice you received in school that you like took with you and use today still? So what our fantastic hosts are trying to get at is that where's a big age gap between <laughs> us, and I'll I'll let Kelly go first because it was a lot more recent for her than it was for me because it was like eight thousand years ago apparently. Okay, so in college, like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, so the biggest piece that I took away is you have to be able to separate your ego from your own work. Mm. And this was just something that I learned, like, in my freshman year, um, you know, you're fresh out of high school, you're, like, a little cocky. And I wasn't, like, exposed to, like, critiques and everything since high school. They don't really have, like, a lot of art classes. Um, But I don't know, I just remember freshman, freshman year, like, I made this, like, really great project that I thought I was great like it was good and then I got critiques on it and then I was like "Mm, I don't don't agree with you so I'm not gonna change it um you know but looking back at it now I'm like I I think those critiques could be useful and I'm obviously not the same from when I was back then but that was just something that I've learned and you kind of have to like grow into just being able to know that like um, your work is separate. They're critiquing your work. They're not critiquing you as a person. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've also talked about that on the podcast before, just because marketing is such a creative field. And even in like when we're writing, it's like they're not critiquing our writing skills or our abilities. They're critiquing the work because it's their brand kind of. So yeah, and I feel like that'd be even harder with like a personal project for design. Like I actually do this myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like as a graphic designer, you got to have tough skin because you're Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my biggest lesson was to critique the person and not the work now. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, 
No, I mean, uh, the biggest thing that I sort of took away from school, and it wasn't really a direct lesson from any single professor, but it was sort of something that I, you know, realized along the way is to never be constrained by the creative brief. Um, and that extends beyond graphic design and it's beyond, you know, creative work where it's like, yes, you have your requirements. That doesn't mean that's where you have to stop. Um, to completely date myself, there was a project that was a CD case design. If you guys remember you guys CDs, CDs? Um, they're like small records. Um, you put them in your car and then you throw away the case. <laughs> um, but of course, the project was just to create album artwork. And I was like, well, I'm going to do something more. And I created sort of a display stand, a point of sale display. Um, you know, what does it look like if it's at Barnes and Nobles? Actually, at the time, it was Borders. Um, if it was at Borders or FYE, do you guys remember Sam Goody? Either way. Um, and it's just, you know, taking the brief and thinking, okay, cool. What can I do that's more than this that can sell my idea better? Um, and that was a big thing that I carry on through what I do now today, you know, 12 years later, um, after graduating. Um, and you know, I always just think of any project that we get, like, yes, we have our requirements. We have what we need to do. We have the goals we need to hit. And it's like, okay, cool. What else can we do? And it just ends up with a better product and something you're more proud of and can show off on the website towermarketing.net <laughs> slash work I think <laughs> no that's cool because I you probably don't remember this conversation Kimmick but I feel like there was a conversation a while ago we were talking about um, how sometimes people have a better idea of what they don't want yep. versus mm. what they actually do so they'll critique something and they'll look at it and say it's not right, but they can't describe what mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. So giving them that alternative option off the bat, I think, is a cool strategy to... Right. Um, I think what's also nice, too, with that approach, and this works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't, but if you show somebody more, they can sort of be distracted mm -hmm. by the additional things. Um, or if you go into the conversation of where you're at the point of critiquing the additional things, then you can go back and be like, oh, but the core idea of this, we're good. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Then you met the requirements, and now you're just sort of refining. Um, so it does work that way. Nice little point of distraction. Yeah. So um, let's talk about like your process for when you first get a new project. What is sort of the first thing that you do when you have to come up with that initial idea creation? Uh, stare at it. Stare at it until it makes sense to me. <laughs> no, um, I think the great thing about Tower is that they do discovery scopes. Mm -hmm. So even before like jumping right into the design, like I already like see the document and like what needs to be done. Um, but after that, I think I go to Pinterest the most, Ooh. just looking for inspiration. Like that's my number one thing. I'll never go to Google Images. Um, but on Pinterest, I'm always like making mood boards to be able to get, gather my thoughts. Um, but yeah, after that, I just dive right into the project and then working until I feel satisfied. Get feedback from uh, Kimmick, critiques, <laughs> make the improvements, mm -hmm. and then it's done. And then the cycle just repeats. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Pinterest. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because Kelly had mentioned the discovery documents, and that's sort of my role here at Towers. I get to be a part of those discovery meetings where we sit down with the client. We have sort of the scope in mind. We have sort of all the you know pre-meetings that business development went through, and we sort of hash out all the details. Um, and my job at being a creative project is to distill that and cut away some things that maybe you know are for SEO or yeah. for content, um, but still keeping those relevant things that do overlap. We know there are a lot of portions that overlap. And distilling that into something that 
Kelly or Brian or other designer um, can actually work from. Um, I think it's really interesting because myself, um, you know, at Tower, my main role is an art director, but I still work on some projects. So it's interesting when I do hand something off to Kelly, it is very difficult to not inform them. Like, oh, this is how I would do it. And sometimes I do do it and they yeah. hit me a lot. Um, but uh, it's just interesting to be able to sort of hand that off with maybe just like a grain of my own ideas um, into what it could be. And then seeing what they turn that into is really cool because it's never what I would have done, which is the power of having more designers that you're going to get different perspectives on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm sure that you all have like worked on the same project before or like has there been a time where like you all have the same initial objective and then you all create something like how it is all different? Yeah, we had a packaging project a while back and I try and do this whenever we can. Obviously, scope hours, all those things need to be taken into consideration. Um, but we had a packaging project. Um, it was for some dressings and some dips, basically consumer level packaging. Um, and I thought it'd be much more interesting to get three unique takes on it. So myself and my two designers, Kelly and Brian, both worked on those. And the results were very different. We had, of course, met. We talked about things. Um, we sort of decided three vague directions so that we would cover all of our bases. But either way, we came up with three very, very different designs. Um, and we're actually about to do it for our internal holiday card. Ooh, we're all going to do one, so that'll so be a fun, fun one. It's a topical. Um, yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's that's the reason why you have a big design team because you get those different perspectives and you're not going to get it. And what's cool is out of those critiques that we have, we'll come up with different ideas. We'll mash things together. We'll tear things apart. We'll iterate. We'll be able to have so much more perspective because when I come into you know, a meeting, when Kelly comes into a meeting, when Brian comes into a meeting, Brian, we're talking like you're in the room. You're not <laughs> in spirit. Brian. That's, that's Brian. spooky. Brian. Brian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, bringing that one concept to the internal critique, you had already made maybe five, ten other ideas that you didn't like. So you're already really spreading out. And if three people can spread out in all those different directions, it just – you create something really interesting. Um, also, on the flip side, sometimes it's really interesting when we all come up with the same idea because then it's like, oh, well, clearly that was the right idea because we all thought of this and we all ended up in the same path. Um, but, no, definitely way more fun that way. That reminds me of, like, the meme of the three Spider-Men. Yes. <laughs> they all come in with the same <laughs> design. That's so funny. So do you think that your creative processes are different or do you follow the same sort of pattern for a project? I think we do the same things, but the actual logistics of how we do it is going to be different. Where I might grab a pen and pencil and start scribbling things, Kelly might be able to jump into Illustrator right away and start messing around in there because, you know, or, or Photoshop or Procreate, but not Canva, not Canva. Not um, <laughs> But again, we're going to start in that same way where we do the inspiration. And mm -hmm. I, of course, also jump on Pinterest. Pinterest is great. Sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to Pinterest, sponsor us. We have contacts with. We do oh my have gosh. a Pinterest representative. Pinterest, you know who you are, Pinterest rep. Sponsor us. Um, no, I mean, there still is that sort of gathering stage where you gather inspiration. Um, and a lot of times that can also be, you know, if you have an idea that you had before and now it applies to this, something like that. Um, but then you go into that sketching phase. I'm doing air quotes. Um, it doesn't always have to be actual sketching. I don't always go pen and paper. Sometimes it's not. Um, and then you go into that execution, that exploration of just actually laying things out, doing things. Um, and then you get the actual content. You have to redo the whole thing because it doesn't fit. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but no, I think, I think we sort of follow the same path. It's just how we get there is going to be a little bit different for each person. That makes sense. 
Um, speaking of creative processes, so you've all made it sound like it's pretty easy, but how do you get yourself out of a creative rut? So we were like reviewing the questions beforehand you should. and I jokingly said, oh, you just go to a different rut and it's kind of true. So what's nice about being at the agency is that you are able to jump around the different clients. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if I am stuck on client A, I was like, okay, cool. Put that down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go work on client B for a little bit and you'll be surprised at how much does sort of go back and forth. And once you sort of leave work, how much easier it is getting back into it. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, why was I stuck in this? This is stupid. It just needs yeah. to be. Helvetica on white. Um, that's a design joke for all you designers out there. <laughs> no, honestly, the easiest way is just to like take a step back, walk away from it for at least like maybe a day. <laughs> Depends on the timeline, yes, but yes. <laughs> just take a step back and then you'll come back like feeling refreshed on the project. It's nice too being on design team. Um, we have of course an internal Slack channel. And we're just able to sort of throw stuff at each other. I don't say we do it a ton, but when there is something that we're stuck on, we have that opportunity. It's like, hey, what is this? I know yesterday there was like a font question. We we're just like, what oh, is yeah. this font? <laughs> the worst font ever. It was copper plate. Just saying. I feel like I can picture it. It's picture the like 90s. Western. Yeah, yeah, very well. I mean, it kind of works for the client. That would be a good question, though. If you were a font, Ooh. what would you be? Papyrus. No. Ooh, comic Sans. Comic Sans. Comic Sans. No, that's hurtful. <laughs> uh, Times New Roman, I'm pretty boring. <laughs> Georgia, I'm like pretty boring, but I have a little flair. Right? You actually care about life, though. Um, okay, so when we talk about like design principles and how they guide sort of your process, are there certain instances where you can justify breaking certain rules. I think of it like grammar, there's certain mm-hmm. rules, but we can break them for effect. Like how do you draw the line between I'm gonna make this, I'm gonna break this, or I'm I'm gonna reel in my idea and Stay stick to what's, yeah. So I think what's interesting about that, cause there are like, I don't know how many classic design principles. It's like rhythm, balance, contrast, composition, all those things. What's really interesting is if you break one, you usually just end up enhancing another. Mm. So you can break it, but if you break your basic grid that you set things up, it's going to make your composition better. Mm. If you break your rhythm, you might end up making a pattern. If you break your pattern, you might affect the rhythm. Um, So yes, you can break it, but there is a universal (laughs) test of, yeah, but does it look good? Um, And if it's going to look good, it's going to fall into one of those categories. And yes, maybe you ignored or downplayed one of them and it created a greater effect, but it's just going to play into another part of it. Um, I will say that, but I also know that Kelly has a hot take on a certain ratio that everybody (laughs) likes to talk about. Okay, so there's a thing called the golden ratio grid. I don't know if you guys have heard that. Yeah. I don't even know about it as well. It's like (laughs) if you took a cross section of like a... Uh, like a, a snail's shell, that spiral. Yeah. Some people call it the golden spiral, and it's supposed to be like a one to three to four or whatever it's like a it is. Rule of thirds that you're supposed yeah. to. Yeah, oh, okay. and it's like the golden, like every great piece of art follows this ratio. Okay. But. I mean, I don't. I've never used it. Um, oh. Not because I don't know how, because so I don't. <laughs> but I, I just think that I don't want to say it hinders creativity, but it just mm-hmm. starts looking all the same once you start mm-hmm. following like that grid um so that's my hot take on it i will also say i have seen it used as a crutch 
for bad creative of like oh well it follows the ratio and i'm like yeah but it's boring still bad um yeah it's an interesting one i think it became popular because it's it's easy to overlay over an image and people are like oh look at like the mona lisa it follows it perfectly and i'm like yeah but i don't think that was intentional like yeah. probably was sorry da vinci don't want to like dunk on you but <laughs> i see like a lot of like designers use it for logos yeah, and I've oh. seen some stuff with logos with that, and we talked about the this a little Twitter. bit before. Yeah, right. The and Twitter. The, the remember, remember Twitter? When remember it was a when Twitter was a thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's definitely, I, th- I think a lot of people can fall into following the rules of graphic design without, again, stepping back. Does it look good? Yeah. Um, that's our job. We're trying to convey a message visually. It needs to look good visually. You can follow all the rules and it ends up looking terrible. That means you did something wrong. Um, so definitely just using any of the principles as a crutch, I think it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Hmm. All right, so talking about kind of similar. Um, so when we talk about ADA compliance, mm. that's sort of a situation where the guidelines are pretty steep. Um, can you just chat a little bit about like how you design knowing you have those ADA guidelines? Yeah, so ADA compliance, I mean, that's a really big thing, especially here at Tower. Personally, I think it's a very important aspect of what we do. Um, a large majority of it, I will say, comes into development. I mean, that's going to be talking about alt tags on your images. Everything needs to be navigable with the arrow keys. But a good portion of that comes into the design phase. Um, a big part that we follow is, of course, the color. Um, contrast is super important. I'm sure you've all been on websites that has a light gray button on white and you can't find it. That's only going to be exasperated with anybody with any sort of vision impairment, anything like that. Um, so we, of course, follow always AA compliance, which means, I forget the actual number, but we have a couple tools that we use that checks the contrast ratio. Um, that does mean sometimes we'll get a brand and their colors are not ADA compliant. So we have to work with that either to come up with a secondary palette for web or just tweaking it and making sure that like, let's say a brand has yellow and white. We just don't make a button with yellow text on white because that would not be compliant. Um, But no, that's really important to us. And it's sort of the first phase before we get into website development is we always check our colors and come up with our list of compliant um, color combinations, text sizes, things like that. Um, And then as we're actually designing it, we make sure in the user experience that it's easy to use because that's going to make it easier in development to make it ADA compliant. Mm-hmm. So how do you like have a converse- conversation with a client who maybe mm-hmm. is pushing for a certain design that's not ADA compliant? I will say a majority of our clients are actually the opposite. They are pushing really? for compliance over sort of their design. Um, we have not had any issues with um, you know going back to the client saying, hey, your brand color is this red, but it needs to be a little bit darker for web to be compliant. We have not had issues with that. Wow. I think most people are in agreement that yes, we want an accessible site. Um, right. In the case that there is that, we will always present options. We'll be like, hey, this is what you wanted. It's not ADA compliant. This is what we can slightly adjust to make it compliant. Um, a lot of that comes with text over images. That's where you're gonna see a lot of those issues. Um, but that's easily fixed with an overlay with things like that there's there's ways around it that we can usually get the same effect but make it compliant cool it's easy peasy yeah, yeah. i mean it's <laughs> awful and it's terrible and it's so hard <laughs> we'll get into the fun stuff then Ooh. 
So obviously you both are very creative people mm. inside of Tower, but there are I'm trying to do mental math. What's twenty four minus nine? <laughs> Twenty. I mean, Fifteen. 15. There are. 25. <laughs> <laughs> there are fifteen other hours in the day, and I'm sure you all use that creatively or to sleep. But just give us a little rundown of there any creative projects you do outside of Tower. How do you spark your creative interests that don't include making a client's logo? <laughs> um, nine hours? Are you working over lunch? No, but are you <laughs> Are you not being creative over lunch? <laughs> lunch is the most creative hour of the day. <laughs> That's the podcast episode name. <laughs> lunch is the most creative hour of the day. <laughs> I'll let Kelly go first. Oh, okay. Um, actually... Outside of work, I don't really do much design-related, actually. Yeah. I feel like I'd rather take a break from it so I don't get burned out. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, so in place of that, I usually pick up, like, a bunch of hobbies mm -hmm. that I do, usually, like, hands-on, more traditional. So I hop from, like, different hobbies. So maybe next time when I talk to you, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm doing Be different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, right now I'm into crocheting. I'm yes. Probably, I'm yes. sure you've heard that, like, a thousand times. But that's just something that I've been experimenting with and just finding new ways to be creative with it um yeah cool just something to take like get off the screen yeah <laughs> no i agree i feel like staring at a computer screen all day it's kind of like i need to do something other than be on a computer screen all day yeah i mean i'm sort of in the same boat you'll notice most creatives follow that same thing where like they are creative people mm -hmm. their job is designer but they're creative everywhere else they, right. they can um so yeah, no, I mean, I'm sort of the same. I just pick up hobbies wherever I can. Uh, one that has stuck, I've been really into 3D printing things mm -hmm. and making prop replicas because I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, that's, you throw a rock in this office and it'll hit somebody watching Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, 3D printing is really fun. I've been trying to get back into woodworking, which is like cool but expensive. Um, thank you, Pandemic, for the... That's the problem lumber. sometimes. You need the cheap ones. You need the cheap ones. But no, I mean, really, it's, the same, it's anything to do to get away from a screen. To work with my hands is really big. Yeah. Um, that's something that I've noticed since I was a designer. You know, my first jobs, things like that. I was still printing things out and gluing them to foam core for presentation yeah. and making little boxes to give the clients. There was a lot of, like, physical aspect to it where you got to actually touch the work. Now it's pretty much digital. I mean, especially working with an agency that is majority of websites right um you know it's nice to just make something and be able to hold something and spend an hour breathing in sawdust and be like okay that was awful <laughs> maybe i do like computers better now <laughs> lily do you have one i was gonna say yeah yeah do you guys yeah what do you, i feel like everybody's creative which is a great segue to the zine but we'll talk about yeah that <laughs> um i'm kind of the same way i mean i just have a billion hobbies that i hop between mm -hmm. so like at one point it was um, trying to get into candle making, oh. and I was so bad at it. <laughs> so did you get like a ton of bubbles and voids where like you you um, melt it and it would look great, and then it would cave in? No, so the, I actually only did <laughs> I only did two. Okay, okay. <laughs> so because because I, I didn't like, get that far. <laughs> so it's it's possible I would have ran into that issue at some point, but the first one I did, I made it. A, little teacup i oh put it in God. a little teacup and it, it like actually turned out really good okay. so i think that's kind of why i stopped doing it as well <laughs> i was you like i did one and i would never do another one that's good um right now i'm actually in my crochet era yeah. i've been crocheting bags like it's no one's business so where are they 
I give one to my grandma. <laughs> So my favorite one. Are you like granny squares? I did. I've made like three granny square ones, and then I just made a different like mesh one, kind mm. of. So I don't know. We'll see what comes next, but definitely, yeah. Just like getting into a bunch of different hobbies. Music is another one. So whether it's like finding new music or like trying to get better at guitar. I saw that little Instagram reel. <laughs> she posted herself singing this weekend. Embarrassing. Move on. Wow. <laughs> We actually have the clip available yes. right now. No, we're we're going to go ahead and play it. No, we're going to cut that. <laughs> if you don't hear it, she removed it from the podcast. <laughs> background music, yeah. That's our intro. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Um, I have always been a creative person in the kitchen. Oh. So I love to bake and try new recipes, new flavors. Um, recently, I've gotten into Legos. Oh yes. What Wait, was your most recent set? I have been doing like flower bouquets. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, but also not a cheap hobby. No. I'm noticing. No. The um, orchid sets on sale right now at Target. Oh. Gotta go. <laughs> if you have a Costco membership, they have all of the botanicals there, ten dollars off each one. Oh my gosh. I'm telling my mom to I've do that, that right now. Kind of ugly. Some oh. of them look a little rough. It's definitely <laughs> not the, the A team. So they had all the good ones. They had the orchids and the fun flowers. Those sold out quickly. Yeah. So now they have like the succulents and no, then like, like the, the dried flowers. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Oh, dried flowers. But yeah. cheap Legos are cheap Legos. Yeah. Actually, I mean, it's, it's about Lego, the process. Apparently. The plural of Lego is Lego. What? Yeah. There's the what? other. Epi- yeah. Yeah. So when you say Legos, you're actually like wrong. I know. Isn't that one of those things where like. The actual product isn't called a Lego, but it's because that a building, brand. It's a Lego bro- building brick or something like that. That's such That's a like, worse name. Like, <laughs> let me go get my Lego building yeah. bricks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you guys want to come over to my house and play Lego building bricks? <laughs> no. Uh, Using that next time. But that's good insight, though, because my parents do have a Costco membership. Mm. Costco, that down. sponsor us. Yeah. Once again. <laughs> this episode is. <laughs> Sponsored by Lego Building Bricks and Costco. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so sort of related to outside of work, but also internally, you guys, the design team, came up with something pretty cool, the exclusive tower zine. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about how that idea came to fruition and what it is? It was all Kelly. Oh, my gosh. Kind of. Kind of, no. Start from the beginning. (laughs) Okay, so basically this idea kind of stemmed from us wanting to do something like a design piece in the background when, like, we don't have any client works at the moment. Um, So thus the zine baby was born. (laughs) 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 Um, So basically what a zine is, like, magazine, you get the spiel. Um, It's a mini booklet and... You know, normally it's like handmade. You can either have it be like personal to you and just your artwork. But um, in our case, it's a collaborative piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically it revolves around one central theme and everyone that participates in it, uh, they usually submit what their take on the theme is. So the end goal is that like when you're flipping through the zine, each submission will be different, yeah. you know, because um, everyone you know, handles the theme differently. And so for this, we tell everyone at tower that wants to submit like you can submit literally anything design team's not gonna touch or edit it unless you ask for design support mm-hmm. um we just ask that you like follow the specs whatever they are eight and a half by five and a half, half of, yeah yeah like um so specs. yeah basically <laughs> <Who needs laughs> Me nodding <them>? <laughs> <laughs> um 
So the zine is called Off Topic, and essentially where this stems from is our Slack conversations, <laughs> where we get off topic. Um, usually that's where we talk about like clients and like any issues that we're having, but usually we get off topic and talk like recipes we did, events that's going on, our fur babies. Um, so that just kind of shows like and that kind of segues into like the goal of it all a way to showcase the personality and culture of tower um, we just wanted to find a way to uh, be expressive and have people interact with it so that is where the scene came from and again like I said this is all handmade literally Kim McBride and I are sitting in the back yes. <laughs> putting them all together um, yeah and it's quarterly we do a different theme every time. I just announced the holiday traditions yeah. one. Woo, holiday special <laughs> edition. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think what's really cool is um, you had mentioned earlier that being creative is sort of integral to Tower, no matter what position you hold, mm -hmm. because there's always a creative solution to what a client needs. Mm -hmm. And this is really cool because it's a great way to showcase that creativity across the entire agency. And it's such a cool way to see it when you see the talents of the other employees have that might not be on the creative team but still know how to pick up a pencil and draw something um can take a really great photo uh some of the submissions were great we had recipes we had poems uh we had a fantastic word search uh from somebody who's in this room right now um it's just really cool to see that and to see it all come together we were really surprised this is our first issue everybody's always a little nervous to get out there creatively we got how many submissions total was the end was it 10? So that's 10, which is pretty good for the size we are. Yeah, I was going to say we're like 29 people. Yeah, so, so it's almost, yeah, it's almost 50% if you round up. Um, but <laughs> no, it was great just to just to get to see that side of everybody. Um, I think what's really cool about it too is that it is going to be sort of a snapshot of where we were. Mm -hmm. And we can look back. I mean, obviously we're at one issue, so it's not that retrospective yet. But in a year, we're going to have multiple issues. Um, it would be really cool to sort of flip back through that. Um, if you are a Tower employee listening, please get your submissions in ASAP. Mm -hmm. I actually don't know when this podcast will be releasing, so it might end be... October. Oh, so that's... Yeah. Perfect. So, end of November, submissions are due. You can send them to Kelly. Uh, there is a form. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's really cool. So, we do have holiday traditions is next. Yeah. Should we give them the one after that since it's exclusive and then okay. we can see who listens? Okay. So the next one is going to be it's in January. A, it's a bit of a pivot okay. from holiday it's, traditions. <laughs> Happy New Year's. Um, we're starting off with fears. <gasps> yeah. So what's your biggest fear? Yes. Ooh, that's fun. So we're going from that cookie means... recipes to what keeps you up at night. <laughs> wow. Stay tuned. And it 100% was because we were doing some test prints and we found out we can print black on black. And you can still sort of see it. This would not be ADA compliant. Just saying yeah. that. This is completely an artistic expression. Um, but it looks really cool with the cover. So wow. black That's ink on so black cool. paper looks really, really nice. That's really cool. Oh. Um, if you're not a tower employee, are there any ways to see this? So right now, you have to come to tower. Uh, <laughs> so no, we are. That is part of our plan. One of the goals with this zine is to eventually start spreading it out. Obviously, first issue, sort of a pilot episode, if you will. Um, so we're getting that sort of, you know, worked out. We do have a couple extra issues, I'm sure. If you really want one, you can reach out and we can send you one. Mm -hmm. um, but in the future, we do plan on releasing them a little bit in the wild in Lancaster. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the goal is to eventually set up a site that we can view the PDFs and the published versions. So down the line, we'll share the link when that comes yeah. out. 
I just wanted to mention something like on the front cover I don't know if you guys like notice it but each edition will have like a customized stamp that we do so the doodle that you see at the bottom it's like a different stamp each time and we do hand print uh, hand yes. stamp them wow <laughs> every page is hand folded hand collated hand stapled and then hand stamped and given away with love amazing and a little bit of hate towards the end <laughs> <laughs> Wow. No, that's really cool. I think I, I mean, I submitted something for the first one and I think it was just a really cool way to be able to do something that's not <laughs> writing. <laughs> I think that's like a big thing is like, like you're saying, we are all creative right. and sometimes even if we're not directly, like there's other ways I like to express my creativity. Mm -hmm. That's not just writing. Right. And I, same thing, like Brian submitted a poem like, yeah. and that was cool to see him not do something Write something. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's just cool to see what interests other people. So it's definitely right. a really cool way to, I don't know, just get to know everyone else. Not that we don't already know, but get to see a different side. Of yeah, for sure. With, I so. remember in, like, one of your submission, your submission of the the word search, mm -hmm. you're like, if this, stupid, if this is stupid, just get rid of it. But, like, that is, like, the crowd pleaser. <laughs> it's now. And it's now like a staple of every yeah. issue. We'll have a word search. Yeah, so it's great because it's, you know, it's one of those things once you get into your head, you doubt it. Yeah. But then someone sees you're like, oh my gosh, it's the greatest thing yeah, ever. Yeah. We'll take one every zine issue, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Love the cool. interactive. Mm -hmm. Sweet. And your little garlic. <laughs> <laughs> that was my initial. I was like, what's something that's like. I really love that's kind of a, I mean oh I'm my gosh. not I guess ashamed we should to probably know mention, that I love garlic but we should probably mention the first issue's topic was guilty pleasure oh, yeah. I don't know we if we said that so <laughs> guilty pleasures was the first issue <laughs> anyway I did garlic as mine <laughs> that was my one submission I drew garlic um because it's a really cute title though yes garlic girlies unite yeah <laughs> I know there's I know you're out there I know you're listening <laughs> anyway that's exciting though and we'll have to do like a yeah, maybe video time lapse or something of you guys actually making them. Oh, I don't know what you're going to That would be cool. Yeah, for like social or something. Yeah. I was also going to say maybe if it's possible, if we get permissions, we could put like a couple of the examples Spreads. from yeah. the zine Definitely. in the newsletter. So if you're not subscribed already, get you should subscribe there. and you can get some exclusive content. content. Exclusive zine content. Yeah. Okay, as a closing question, is there a company that you really love to gain inspiration from or a dream company you would love to work with design-wise? And why? So this is an interesting one because, of course, all of the major companies that I would love to do work for, your Apples, your Field Notes, your, you know, those big brands that have great design, your Nikes, they don't need us. They're doing great. <laughs> um, You're doing fine, sweetie. So I, I, I personally in that list, Field Notes, I love their brand. I love what they do. I'm also a little notebook person. I always have one on me. I pretend I'm holding one right now. I'm not because um, I'm a liar. No. <laughs> um, but I think realistically, like I really like working with smaller, more Condensed teams, I think what's nice about that is is usually what we end up doing as designers has way more impact. You know, if a big company with, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees comes to us and needs three icons designed, four people on the team will see it and that's it. Right. But if a mom and pop shop, you know, with 10 employees in two locations comes and we rework their brand and make them 
feel great about the services or the product they offer and they love it and it's great because you're talking directly to the owners that feels amazing mm-hmm. there's value in both of course um, but it's just so nice to work so closely with somebody I love doing that I think it's the type of work that I find really rewarding mm-hmm. um, but both I mean both have their perks so do you have a small business in Lancaster that maybe we haven't already worked with there is so I am like in love with the gem den if you're not from lancaster they have gems and it's a den it's great um i'm not a big crystal person in that like you know the other healing qualities and things like that i just like pretty rocks it's pretty lizard brain of me but the rocks are shiny and i like them (laughs) um so i would love to do something with them i think they have a lot of potential um a lot of loyal customers if you're listening sponsor us um reach out (laughs) we'll do work for rocks no think i'll have to negotiate that myself with my paycheck but (laughs) (laughs) can you pay me in rocks um but yeah i think that'd be a lot of fun so for me i just remembered over lunch um i was eating something i looked at the box label it was trader joe's and i don't know if you guys have ever been in trader joe's have you seen the vibes the packaging it's all different, but it's all so fun and cutesy, and I just really, okay, I love package design, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously, and I would love to do, like, the package design for them. Um, I don't know. I just, That's they so entice cool. me to get them, <laughs> to yeah. buy the products every time. Yeah. That's the goal. I think that's one of the worst curses of being a graphic designer, and Kelly, you might agree with me with this. You can't enjoy anything, because you either see packaging or you see a logo or you see some branding or you see some creative that you love and you're mad that you didn't think of it or you see something awful and you're mad because you want to change it and it's just it's this cycle and you just you can't get out of it yeah that the same is true for content the amount of times i'm scrolling on instagram and i get an ad and i'm like damn they really did that that was great i need to use something like this or i'm like who let the intern post this? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's got to go. Oh, oh that's great. I can say that because I was an intern. Yes. <laughs> um, I think we were all interns at some point. Maybe not all here, but... Oh, yeah. I was yeah, I started as an intern, yeah. Nice. Great time. You started as an intern here? No, oh, previous, here. previous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not here. No. <laughs> Kelly's too good for internships. No, wait. That making it sound like interns are bad. It's we not. love our interns. Yes. Yeah, we do. Christine, if you can't thing. see the heart, but we're, it's we're all here. making it. We're all doing it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, for real now. <laughs> that is all we got for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast newsletter. You'll get some inside look at our zine, and maybe even the next one too. Um, and if you have a guilty pleasure, let us know in the comments. Maybe that will be our Spotify question this episode. So don't forget to vote, answer, interact, follow, mm-hmm. anything on Spotify. We want your feedback. Yeah, let us know what you got. Um, and then if you want to learn more about Tower, you can follow us on our socials, on our LinkedIn, at Tower Marketing. And you can listen to this episode. It will be right before spooky season. Mm the last thursday of the month so also let us know what you're going for halloween um we will have we have like a halloween go so that's pretty exciting we're all going to dress up um if anyone wants to say what they're going to be or they want to leave it a surprise that's okay i'm being tom nook oh my god animal crossing so jealous oh my god uh, i'm gonna be a pigeon <laughs> oh 
<laughs> just keeps getting better. I think someone in office is going to be a chicken nugget. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. What? Who? Allie. Oh my gosh. I think course. she said she was going to be a chicken nugget. That's amazing. Anyway, so hope you're getting spooky this weekend. Eat some candy, dress up, say hi to the kiddos. And all right, see ya. <laughs> Bye.